1: They hand it to Steven, great jump cut, 45 40. seconds. a hole burst to it, 20, steps. a tackle, runs left, 25, still on his feet, 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw, the fake is on and he's got a first down to Stephen bailey
2: Talk radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart.
3: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partner at Cry, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. We're a little bit late recording this bad boy, this post-game show, because quite frankly. It was depressing. I, 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 I just sat in the corner for two days, Mike, rocking back and forth in tears as the Rams just felt <laughs>
2: oh.
4: gosh!
3: Now, it was my birthday weekend. Wow. It was my birthday day, and they, the Rams couldn't come through on, on my flipping birthday. I mean, come on. My gosh. Seriously? 206 total yards offense? That's what we saw? my god
4: shameful
3: shameful 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 rams lose 16 13 in tampa and honestly yes it, it is a lot of that like sometimes you just need to take a step away because otherwise you'll just get the podcast and you'll just lose yourself in not so nice ways and tonight we figure we'd celebrate the birthday by getting on the night so mike I just want to put it out there, just opening thoughts before we get into the, the full course conversation. What were your opening thoughts on this loss?
4: Well, the the big thing is it's another loss. So you're doing damage overall to your chances of trying to make the playoffs, however you're doing it. And so that's a shame. And the bigger issue I see overall is just lack, uh, no desire to really get after people. Wow.
3: Okay. Get after where?
4: Just all over. When you step between those lines, there should be a fire in your belly that you're going to, as we say, leave it on the field. You shouldn't be ready to go out and hang out and go chop it up, play cards. You should just be ready to go get you a nice hot shower and go shut it down, put your feet up somewhere. But it literally looks like guys aren't even concerned about Breaking a sweat, making tackles, running over someone. It's literally like, hey, we're at practice. And, you know, whatever happens at practice, man, practice is over in a couple of hours. Let's go. So there's no urgency to know that the literal play that they're either doing or not doing is contributing to them not getting a win in the win column. So if winning isn't important to you, You shouldn't even be suiting up. So that's what I mean of lack of overall desire.
3: So your overall impression right now is this team isn't, well, I mean, let's be honest. They're not, in your view, judging you based on what you're saying, tell me if I'm wrong. They're not really playing with much heart right now.
4: No heart at all. And it's kind of like they've tuned, tuned out the coach. Yeah, whatever, coach. It's one of those things. But yeah, no heart at all.
3: See, one of the things that would concern me, uh, we, I think we sometimes forget that because he's been the coach for one, two, three, four, five. This is his, his sixth season now, right? 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Okay, five. Five seasons. The fifth season. Um, that He's only 36 years old. And he's been, Sean McVay's been relatively successful his entire career. You know, in 2019, the team has a winning record and misses the playoffs. They have a winning record. They haven't really faced that deep of trials. They faced their trials, don't get me wrong, but they're 3-5. and five. Your offense is nowhere near what people thought it would be expected it to be. I mean, this is a middle school offense quote. Yeah. That's what it looked like on Sunday. Oh, no And doubt. there are a lot of reasons for it. But how does this coach respond? And for the first time, that Sony's players are like, hey, can you face this, this adversity? I think we sometimes forget like part of what causes a coach to grow is going through those trials. And I don't think he's been through a trial quite like this yet. Closest to be 2019. But. This is worse. You're putting 206 yards out there. Last week wasn't much better. This is not just a struggling offense. This is a bad offense for a team that has players. Okay, let me me say even better. This is a, a bad offense for a team that has playmakers. And that's a problem.
4: That's a big problem absolutely but i mean i you when you have your head coach coming out saying yeah i'm gonna retire in all likelihood when my core players leave that's that causes problems people look at you and go yeah well coach you're not really in it either so why am i gonna give it all when you're obviously numbers have already been floated around that you can go make X amount of dollars just talking about the game of football. And maybe that that's the impression he gives off each and every day that he's already burned out. But now it comes to when you can just go make real money without having to prepare a game plan, deal with the media, deal with personalities. I know we're going to talk a little bit about the cam maker situation, But all those type of things, losing coaches. So you might have started out with, you know, guys that were close to you. And now all those guys are coaching elsewhere. A lot of them have head jobs. All those things weigh on you. Again, as you noted, being a little bit younger, you're not used to those situations being where you look at a Bill Belichick. Hey, man, he trains him up. Hey, man, I know I'm going to get some other guys that are leaving but I know I'm going to have an opportunity to get some good guys coming in the door as well. Sean McVay may be a little bit more when you get used to being around a certain type of guy. Uh, Bill Belichick looks like, yeah, he's not too concerned too much about personality. Do your job and we're good. But Sean McVay, he may he may like a little more of guys that are uh, jumping up and chest bumping. Uh, But remember, we had that incident with the strength coach who seemed to be a key component of just the rah-rah camaraderie getting guys up. And then he had to sit down for a minute and then he had to end up on another team. So all those kind of things in the rearview mirror, uh, as we look forward, could be
2: dragging down the whole boat.
3: I want I have some thoughts here, but before we get there, here's a word from our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
3: So you know how many times over the past couple of years I said to you, Mike, sooner or later, the Rams take their medicine. I mean, I've, I've talked about that, right?
2: Oh, for sure.
3: You can't keep doing things where... I mean, you can't. They they've actually the Rams, in my view, have done a great job of making trades work, playing the salary salary cap, developing for the most part. They they definitely had some flops, but sooner or later, trading away those draft picks for the stars. Trade away picks for guys like Von Miller. I mean, you you gave up two picks for Von Miller for basically eight games. You got your Super Bowl great, but now you've lost two picks. So you you make deals like this for the Super Bowl, which nobody can blame them for. We got a Super Bowl great. I mean, that's that's a big part of it. But you will take your medicine. You will pay a price for it at some point. And I actually think we are starting to see some of that price paid. And where we're seeing it is in the depth of it. Like we, we, We've known for a while the Rams don't have a whole lot of depth. And so, sure enough, you get three dudes on the IR on your offensive line. And by the way, those three guys who are on the IR from your offensive line weren't playing that well anyways. So you tell me at that point how you can maintain the offensive line is – is what makes everything else run. The Rams give up four sacks on Sunday. They give yep. three. I think, what, 12 pressures? Yeah. the Evans, one of your picks, one of the guys that you're supposed to be developing to become that starter, gets destroyed on the left side of that line. Destroyed. Let me say it one more time just for dramatic effect. <laughs> destroyed. Yeah, yeah. On that line. Well, we all saw it. And it, it was absolutely brutal how badly he was getting destroyed there. You can't have that. You're not gonna. You're not going to succeed. Now that said, there were some things in the Rams' offensive game plan that I'm like, hold on a minute, hold, hold on a minute. You know they're coming up the middle. How many running back screens did we see in this game, like?
4: Yeah, not a lot.
3: Not a lot. Okay, how about this? Um, when the Rams did have a drive down the field in the third quarter, where they actually ran, they ran the football, what did they do once they got into red zone position?
4: Again, they started throwing.
3: They started throwing. And on the next drive, what did they do?
4: Same thing.
3: So they actually got a running game going. Which is what we've all been waiting for. Dale Henderson ran well that drive. Yes. And then they stopped running the football. Yes. So, whose fault is that? Your offensive line is starting to get confidence. You're starting to push down food. You're starting to create holes. And your play calling changes. Whose fault is that?
4: Exactly. And, and to your point, when you said earlier, man, I thought I was watching, like, high school football, uh, it looked a lot like my son's game on last Friday. You know, and they had to pull it out in overtime, but it was a similar situation uh, that they're running the ball, doing well, get down inside the 20 and start trying to throw and then just get shut down. So I just don't understand. I think everybody has gotten caught, in, caught up in the hype of a touchdown by air and not a touchdown by the ground. We see a lot of these teams doing it, high school, college, and the NFL level. For whatever reason, they want to throw a touchdown quarterback to the receiver as though a touchdown running is something bad. So I don't get it the the overall just trying to throw 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 because these things become predictable and that's that's where the rams are so predictable it's just you know sad to watch
3: but it's not even a predictable in a good way like you know in 2018 right, right. 2017 you knew that they were they were going to do eleven personnel, but they were so deceptive in their play calling that nobody really knew what they were going to do. Like and you knew it was predictable, eleven personnel, blah blah blah, but you didn't know where they're going to be. Where's the where's the route going to go? Now, all those elements of the Sean McVay offense that made those offenses good—the run game, the the screen game—like we forget sometimes. How big this the screen game was on those offenses, and then suddenly in twenty nineteen they stopped throwing screens and We keep saying, "Listen, get some screens in there if you have a pass rush coming up the middle coming at you and they're coming right for your head you're you're probably going to have some space out there to, to try and do something with that rush, and the bucks just kept penetrating the bucks have a solid defensive line they have Vita V is a beast, so what are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and just take that? Are you going to sit there and let this happen, or are you going to do something about it? Yet they kept feeding that same thing. and I, I going to the end of the game, like the Rams offense was was anemic the whole game, but if they had their chance to win this football game late, they have the football, and all you need is one first down, one first down.
2: Can you say that one more time?
3: One first down.
2: That's all you need.
3: And they're 4-4 if they get that first down. One first down. So with one first down, we're not talking about this loss. We're probably still griping about how they played. But your one play there that makes any kind of sense is the Cooper Cup play. Cooper Cup slides to force timeout. Yeah, we realize if Cooper just would have kept running, he probably gets the first down, so I know there are some a few people out there are, are making that point, and like, well, you know what did Cooper realize that as he turned that corner? Probably not. he was probably told to slide if he gets that first down, the game's over, but what else did they do? they he wasn't they told
4: do. to slide he was told to stay in bounds he stay was inbound. not told to slide, but he was Cooper probably told to
3: get down, make sure
4: you should have ran and put his shoulder down and got tackled and ran those two guys over or got closer, but he gave up almost literally five or six yards by sliding. That's why I know he didn't know what the sliding. He figured I could slide, and wherever they touch me, that's where I'm going to be down. That's why I know, yeah, they made it say get down, but you're not the quarterback sliding. You're a receiver, but still,
3: you don't want to give yourself up that way. Yeah, but
2: even then, like the Rams, they they Mike they played
3: they played not to lose instead of playing to win, and they and that translates to the defense. This defense going this soft zone, you just look and they just you think that the great Tom Brady can't pick apart a soft zone. And I want to ask you about that, because the Rams I mean, the Rams played a great defensive game overall. Now, granted, Tampa Bay also dropped six passes in this football game. But when you're looking at how the Rams performed, the defense played a good game until that last drive. Explain, please, for the listeners, Mr. Football Coach, <laughs> defensive back, this soft zone. Should the Rams be in the soft zone? Why would they be in the soft zone? And what are the benefits and negatives of it? And in the end, was it the right call on Sunday afternoon?
4: Basically what happens with a soft zone, you're saying we're going to make you catch it in front of us and we're going to come make the tackle. That makes sense. The thing is we played a coverage that made everyone underneath play outside technique, so you're somewhat keeping them in front of you, but you also have the ability to tackle them in bounds. The key to that last try was, one, not getting the first down. Okay, now, where people probably don't pay attention, but the Rams decided to let the clock run down and then call a timeout. What they should have did was run their punt team on and go, we're going to kick it at the five second mark. That way, the clock more or less keeps running and the ball is in bounds. So, if your gunners get down there and now the ball hits the turf and rolls around a little bit, you're going to take more time off the clock. By calling timeout, then kicking it, that again allowed them to just field it, fair catch it same time all those little bit of seconds now the key was the very first play you can't give up a 35 30 something yard pass down the middle of the
2: field basically but if you look at it they had uh the corner playing in
4: a linebacker position Jalen Ramsey but for whatever reason He doesn't do the normal thing when you're covering or inside of a zone, hook zone on a number two or number three guy. You have to stay inside and get depth. He basically stood around five or seven yards, which allowed the tight end to run up the field behind him. And then it's a wide open window throw. That was the play that killed him. Then they follow it up with that soft zone as though the guy has to go now 80 yards where they're not going like, well, wait a minute. They only need another 30 yards, so two quick outs, two quick outs. Now you're in striking distance of the end zone, and then I don't know if they thought like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. They have to score a touchdown. We'll be able to cover them. And again, you had another breakdown on the touchdown. So, the soft zone works when you got a long distance, but you got to tackle guys in bounds, and you have to get depth on the inside receiver so you just don't give up
2: a play that they gave up.
3: So, in the end, just to wrap, to summarize all that, did the Rams make the right call or not?
2: Well, the right call, wrong technique.
3: There we go. So... But in the end, this is, Tom, this is Tom Brady you're going against. And it seems to me that given the routes they were running and the fact the Rams were missing tackles anyways, you might want to try and play closer and play a little bit of press on there, at least, at least as they're getting closer to the end zone. They're still playing off they're getting the red zone.
4: Now, that's indicative of a problem to me of how much are guys really watching film. Jalen Ramsey is supposed to be lockdown corner veteran this and veteran that. I look at this game, some of these games, and it's like, Jalen, what are you doing? You should know better than be playing off. Why are you playing off? The coach might say, hey, man, we're playing off. No, man, I'm not playing off. I'm going to tighten up the zone because if they think about running that quick out again, I'm all over that. But if you look at a lot of these guys, they're not really backpedaling. They're not playing good technique. And then they're not really watching film because you know at that point in time, they got to get out of bounds. They let them just get two shots to get out of bounds, which that doesn't make sense. So I don't know if they got the wrong defense called or coverage played that Coach Raheem called. But at that point in time, once they're in the red zone, no, we're not giving you anything easy. So I just can't figure out why a veteran corner like Ramsey is doing that.
3: So let me also bring this up. And again, we're we're just kind of dissecting this, I'm trying to understand how a team so talented can look this bad and make some the same things over and over again. Something that came to mind earlier. And if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I mean, that's fine. I can be wrong. But we've talked a lot about how the Rams have, are I think, are, t- are certain to take their medicine in terms of the sacrifices they made to win a Super Bowl. But there's another part of me that also thinking back, it's not just the players and the draft picks. There's been a talent vacuum with all of these different coaches on that McVeigh tree moving on to other positions. Detroit taking Holmes and Pleasant, and you have Lafleur leaving years ago, and and Zach Taylor and Brandon Stokely, and there has not been this consistent coaching staff that has come in there and been a stability for this roster. And that has me thinking, hold on a minute. We're, we're, we're questioning things like technique. We're questioning things like the, the, the play calling and so on. Hey, the, the Vikings are 7-1, right? Kevin O'Connell was the offensive coordinator last year for Sean McVay. He's their head coach for Minnesota now. This is a talent vacuum. And you can't tell me, at least from my point of view,
2: that this does not impact your franchise over time. Am I wrong? I mean, you're you're making some good points, Derek,
4: in, in the sense of, again, turnover equals chemistry problems. So you may bring in Now the coaches, but they lost some key key guys, Uh, both the defensive back coach, one left two years ago, one left this past year, now is in Denver calling the defense, Uh, and then you got all the other things going back even to Wade Phillips, Wade Phillips is solid, but I think a little bit of his just aura of being Wade Phillips got a little bit in the way of the young buck, Sean McVay, neither here nor there. But absolutely, when you're having turnover in staff, you have to readjust, all these kinds of things. And you may all almost say it's affected Coach McVay probably more than anyone. Because remember, that first year or two, he brought all those guys in to coach with him. And not even three years later, all those guys are now gone. You know what I mean? Three or four yeah. years later.
3: so
2: yeah, yeah. So, the so relationships
3: are aren't aren't there like you bring
2: absolutely you
3: consistently having to build relationships with these absolutely and absolutely how long are they gelling?
4: absolutely all those things absolutely
3: i mean that that's a concern for me so to me i I don't know like you mentioned something earlier, I want to come back to it, and that is the whole idea that the the rams these players see a guy like Sean McVay and he's flirting with Amazon. We're hearing about Aaron Donald possibly retiring. And I look at the Rams right now and I'm not, like you're more of in, in as a player, you seem to be more of a guy who looks at the, them and go, okay, they, they're, they're not playing with heart. They're not playing with this. And I'm more like, well, how would you know that? Like, you, are you in the locker room with them? But, I'm more that kind of guy, but when I see the body language I almost I think I, I agree. It looks it's like are you checking out? Is your foot halfway out the door? As the head coach of this team, is are some of your players are they thinking, "Man, when we said to run it back this year, we were wrong. We should have just broke this team up and started it. That's kind of the jive I'm getting and again I don't live in LA I I, I'm this is just what I'm seeing from the from a distance so if anybody's thinking man see Paul you're nuts it's okay you could think that um but that's kind of the 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 view I'm getting like these guys are their heart doesn't seem all in it It, and you were saying that earlier and I'm coming back to that because I think I agree
2: look their heart
4: no way is in it. Okay, let's break it down. Let's start with the running back situation. Where in life have you had a running back come back from injury and then go, hey, man, I don't like what's going on. I want out. Okay, man, we'll try to trade you. And this is two or three weeks or whatever. About. Oh, we couldn't trade you. Okay, man, we'll come back and play for us. And then you get five touches for three yards. That's one thing. Then the other guy who's been there, hasn't really been saying nothing. He goes in there, totes it pretty well. Then you got another guy, Brown. Anyone who watches any of the games, he's only coming in for short short yardage. So, again, you got guys that people would think, well, Cam, Akers is more of the all-around back, but disgruntled, Is he really going to play for the coach? Is the coach really going to want to play for him? Yeah, now everybody's going to try to do their job, but I think we've all been in situations where you're working with someone you're not necessarily best buddies with, let alone it being your supervisor, in this case, your head coach. He controls playing time. He controls the plays as well that he's calling. So that's what I look at. Defensively, if you don't see guys swarming, And outside of Aaron Donald, who is playing lights out on defense? Love that Bobby Wagner, what he did for Seattle. But when you look at Bobby Wagner, it looks like he's running in quicksand. Really? Oh, for sure. For sure. He can't get to plays over the top. He's usually kind of trying to get up in there for the run plays. But if you look in pass coverage, he can't really get to the hooks. He can't really cut when a guy makes a move. Just check that kind of stuff out. So it's like we're, we're living off of going back to your point. Yeah, it was a star, but this defense doesn't seem like it's agreeing with him that well. But for me, outside of Aaron Donald, who consistently, who looks like he would play for free, everybody else, they got paid. Jalen Ramsey's not really playing hard. How many tackles has he missed this year? Every now and then he makes a play and he jumps up and goes crazy. But for the most part, dude doesn't tackle anymore. He's not really trying to get up in there. He's not telling the coaches, man, let me lock down on the best receiver. Jalen Ramsey never really goes to the best receiver. Not every game he might go a few plays here and there. But when you're supposed to be that guy, hey, man, go lock down. So when I look at all those things, put it in together on down to the special teams, it, nobody's like really giving it their all. It's like, hey, last game of the year, we're not making playoffs. Let's not get hurt. That's what it looks like to me, because there's no way you're going to let a team Come back with thirty-something seconds and beat you when they gotta go seventy yards. There's no way,
2: no way, Jose, no way. And I mean, I I,
3: I can't disagree with that. Like the appearances, like perceptions, reality, right? And even if that wasn't the case, like no, they're playing their heads off. Okay, well they look like they aren't. Perceptions, reality. So let me ask this question, Mike, what now? When we we talked last week, I I pointed out, and I I believe the Rams had to win two out of the next three to have a chance at winning their season.
2: Well, they lost the next one. They got to win their next two on that schedule. I mean, where do you see this team right now? I tell you what, it's going to be hard for these guys to,
4: I don't want to say win again this year. Went again this year
2: because once you somewhat tanked in your mind, yeah, that's how that year
4: we ended up 3 and 13. Were we going out? Yeah, we felt like we were. Jeff Fisher defense, I had one of my best years, but were all the guys already bought in? No, some guys are worried about, you know, salary. Some guys are worried about, man, why that guy got paid and I didn't. So when you're playing at an NFL level, something else has to be your motivation. To me, the motivation of winning and losing is kind of stripped away because some guys, hey, man, when you start making the type of money guys are making now, even a practice squad guy, Practice squad guys, Derek. They made more money than I made going into my fifth year <laughs> on the practice squad. I played five years and still weren't making what some of the guys on practice squad make. So when you're making more money, there's less incentive to really try to up to any. Yeah, I don't need to really work hard because man, I'm I'm still making a million dollars. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I see in effort and accountability, guys on the sideline laughing, you know, even after the game, man, I would have ran off that field and I would have been ready to tear up the locker room losing like that to Tom Brady. So all we can talk about is, oh man, Tom Brady, oh, this is what he's done eight times, nine times. This is what he does at the end of the game. You get to now go down in history as one of those teams that they'll be playing Over and over and over on highlights, especially if they go on a four or five, six game tear, get into the playoffs and go deep into the playoffs. They'll point back to this game and say, this is where it turned around.
2: So, yeah, that's my take on it.
3: Well, I have I'm still just kind of. I don't know that you can turn it around. Like you're saying, like you're, you're, you're now eight games in, you've had your buy, you've got dudes on the IR, your coach is disinterested. You, if you're, at least they look that way. I, I, again, I don't want to avoid making straight out claims. You're not afraid to, I, I'm a little more concerned too. Um but the Seahawks are tougher we haven't, we got them twice. You've already lost twice to Niners. You've got games against teams like the Chiefs coming up. And a game they really should have won. I mean, for as horrible as they played on Sunday, they, they had the game in hand and they gave it away. And so that really kind of has me in a place where, is there any place on the schedule right now that is a
2: W, a guaranteed W? And no, there isn't. There isn't. And when we did our preview earlier this year, we had
3: the team, I think we had them going, I think, either 6-2 and two or 7-1 and one at this point. And they're 3-5. So, one, we were wrong. But we're not alone there. A lot of people were wrong. But there's a reason for it. I mean, the U's cannot ignore the pros we will blame the offensive line, so on and so forth, but there's more to it than that. And I folks, I I'm sorry for the downer of a podcast. I really am, but (laughs) what am I supposed to say to that? You know, it is what it is.
2: So Mike, any closing thoughts? (laughs) Well,
4: I I think, again, I'm going to ride your coattail on this one. The Rams are now not hoping to take their medicine. They are going to be forced to take their medicine. And that's what's happening. You know, my thing is I look at body language, and then you can back it up with the stats. You mean you only got one receiver that can really get balls thrown to him? That's a problem. And even that receiver, Cooper Cuff, used to earlier in the year, he's running, oh, I'm going to go out of bounds. No, I'm not. I'm going to cut it back and go for another 40-50. Now, because these last two games, in my opinion, he's taking some hits. So now that causes him, hey, man, before he knows what the, the the situation is, Cooper Cuff wouldn't have slid going to the ground, but because of my opinion, that dude is banged up. He's taking some hits. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to just slide down and let somebody else get this first down. But any other time, Cooper Cuff would have ran both those guys over, tried to slide between two defenders. No way is he sliding down like a quarterback. He's not doing that. So those are the things for me that stand out. Matthew Stafford just missing easy throws. And again, You look at him. He was getting chased by a linebacker or D lineman. The D lineman is diving to try to get him. And he thinks he's closer than he was. I don't know if you remember seeing that. And he slid down too. And I'm going, okay, wait a minute. Why would you give yourself up when the guy's not really near you trying to dive to get to your legs, but he's not really going to get there. He slides down. And I go, wow. Everybody's looking to take the easy road or protect themselves from injury. So I'm saying all that to say, as you were saying, they're going to eventually. I'm saying they are taking their medicine now.
3: That might be the just the beginning of the mess. Well, we'll, let's hope not. All right, folks, time for us to go. Hopefully, we have a better, a better, more optimistic. Uh, podcast when we can get some of the other guys on this week in the meantime, follow Mike on Twitter at one do twenty three follow me at d c Apollo follow us at talk Rams and find out where podcasts can be found. Have a great one. We're out of here.
2: We're out.